current events, personal values, political and social issues, technology, wars, and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome in to Signs of the Times. It's our weekly look at Bible prophecy in the world's news for Friday, February 12th, 2021. I'm your host, Greg Hilt, and on the other side of that glass is Pastor Mark Kirk, our senior pastor here at Calvary Knoxville. Thanks for spending the next hour with us, whether you're listening live right now on the 12th or later on through our podcast, episode 156, that is available on either Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or Stitcher. All right, Pastor Mark, uh, Sunday is Valentine's Day. You got big plans? You know, I actually, well, I believe it or not, I'll be flying on Valentine's Day. So my plans have been canceled Altered. for Valentine's Day, yes. if you will, but I have big plans before that. So I, hopefully my wife's not listening. So that would be tomorrow. Okay. So I'll do it. So, It'll be pre-Valentine. Sh- yes. So nobody say anything so we like. we won't reveal yes. what you have. Yes. The Harley ride that That's you've right. got planned for her because that you know how much she loves that to ride. That would be big plans for her. That would be cancellation. <laughs> yeah. She's not, she doesn't like to ride the Harley with me, so that wouldn't work, but uh, I wish. Um, Okay. But that's all right. Well, hopefully uh, everyone will have a nice Valentine's Day on Sunday. And yes. I, the best quote that I've seen uh, for Valentine's Day uh, as of late comes from Anne Graham Lotz. And she says, the cross is God's Valentine for you. See his I love you written in red, his blood for you. So very nice. I that was very, very, very nice. Very nice. Yes, it was. Absolutely. And this day back in the day. Um, one of our favorite uh, presidents of all time, Abraham Lincoln, yes. was born on this day. Was he really? Yes. Oh, wow, that's neat. Uh, yeah, and uh, uh, I would say uh, uh, a man that was used greatly of the Lord uh, to uh, to take care of the issue of slavery yeah. in this country. And uh, and I believe he was a God-fearing man. Yes, he, he was, very yeah. much so. Very, very much, much so. so, yeah. So anyway, so we, uh, we posthumously say happy birthday to yeah. Abraham Lincoln. All right, um, we have no questions. This week, but if you would like to ask a prophecy question, we invite you to go to our website at thewaymedia.net. Just click on Signs of the Times. At the top of the page, you'll see where it says Prophecy Questions. We've also got Prophecy FAQ there, so we might have already answered your question. But if we haven't, please ask it because we would like to answer it on the air. And you can also download our app at uh, the Way Media app on Apple or Google. And the benefit of that is is that you can watch the shows uh, um, eventually live. But you can watch the recorded shows, and in each show that's posted in our app, you can also read the articles that we discuss as well, which we've got plenty of them to talk about this yeah. week, as we do most weeks here yeah. on Signs of the Times. All right, so let's um, visit America. Um, the current U.S. This is from uh, NBCNews.com. 
Uh, the current U.S. administration has, has yet to call uh, Israel's Benjamin Netanyahu, raising fears of a frosty four years to come. Yeah, this is really unheard of and really uh, unprecedented, and unprecedented, mm. if you will. Um, listen to this article. In the first three weeks in office, President Joe Biden has made a flurry of phone calls to American allies around the world, including the leaders of Canada, Britain, France, and Japan. And here's the key line. Look at this. But one close, I would say one of the closest, really it should be rewritten, uh, American allies, um, and their leader has been so far left conspicuous, uh, conspicuously off of the new president's call list, and that is Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. While it is clear that Biden has his hands full with uh, domestic challenges, um, every day the phone doesn't ring adds to concerns in Israel that Netanyahu is being frozen out by the new Democratic administration because of his close ties with Donald Trump and public antagonism of Barack Obama. The contrast between Biden is stark. Trump called Netanyahu within two days in office when he was elected. In a tweet addressed to Biden, he asked, might it now be time to call the leader of Israel, the closest ally of the U.S., before typing out the phone number to Netanyahu's office? (laughs) Israeli media commentators have also been counting the days, so people around the Globe are watching this. Biden has spoken to Russian President Vladimir Putin. Uh, he has spoken to Chinese leader Xi Jinping, which, by the way, they are much closer friends to us than Israel. Dramatic pause. <laughs> to Netanyahu's sorrow, it seems that the Americans are very interested in proving that Biden is not such a close personal friend of the prime minister. One columnist uh, named Makor Rishon wrote, a conservative paper, is Biden ghosting Netanyahu? Anthony Blinken, Biden's secretary of state, has already caused irritation in Jerusalem on another front after suggesting that the new administration would not adhere to Trump's decision to recognize the Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights. Israel captured from Syria in 1967. Netanyahu's office responded with a terse statement, and so they should, saying the region will remain a part of the state of Israel. Again, it's none of America's business. Uh, what belongs to Israel. That's God's business. And, and you know, Greg, we talk about it here, and this article talks about uh, President Biden snubbing his nose at Israel. But really, in reality, we have to take this farther. This is snubbing the nose at God Almighty. God said, those who bless Israel, I will bless, and those who curse Israel, I will curse. Genesis uh, twelve three, And in so doing here, the president is snubbing his nose to God. So it's not Israel. So realize, when this has happened, this isn't because of close ties with Donald Trump or antagonism to Barack Obama. No doubt that in a fleshly way could add to that. This is spiritual. This is the this is dark and light. This is the enemy working, trying to, again, uh, just, you know, uh, humiliate, denounce, not stand with Israel. I'm telling you, uh, we will pay the consequences for that as a nation. God's word is clear, and, and, and it may be too late in the whole judgment scheme of things for America. Some believe it's too late. We're already too far down the path. It's going to happen anyway. But the last thing we need to do with God that is disappointed already and, and, and really you know, with our nation and our sin, angry at our sin, but loves the nation, the last thing we want to do is, um, you know, just, uh, you know, antagonize, add to it, make it worse. So I, I again, every time I see... Um, a leader get in that doesn't honor Israel. It truly uh, concerns me for our nation and it bothers me. And I just uh, really, it just, you know, it it gets under my skin, so to speak, not in a bad way, not in a way like they would want, like, oh, they're getting to me. No, just really in the sense of honoring God and the fact that 
our leadership is dishonoring God. And I know he doesn't know the Lord. I know that. That's evident by the fruit. And the Lord said, you'll know them by their fruit. So mm-hmm. that's an easy one to, to see. However, um, and by the way, for those of you who think I'm judging, that's not wrong biblical judgment. Jesus said we're, we are to be fruit inspectors so we can know who we're dealing with. He said, judge the fruit. So you know, and, and it's important to know the fruit so you can pray for them for salvation or share the gospel or whatever. So there's a, there is a godly judgment, if you will. I'll put that in quotes. Um, uh, but either way, it, when I see the clarity of, of the situation and I see where our leaders are, I know they don't know the Lord, but Greg, what bothers me is there's no excuse by this age and as much of the gospel and as much as he's heard and seen to not know the Lord and then to stand against Israel and know what the Bible teaches. I think we're in a greater consequence situation with him than would be a younger president, as a matter of fact, because he knows better. Yeah, no, it's definitely uh, prophetic. This is this is beyond politics uh, and I think, Pastor Mark, it, it would serve us well just to clarify uh, for our listeners, the anger that you feel is a righteous anger right? because of what God says, and that really is just fruit of your relationship with the Lord, because without it, you know, the world is under the sway of the enemy, First John five nineteen, and so... Uh, the world does its level best to paint Israel as the world's enemy and yeah. the root of all evil in the world, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so that just, you know, the, the, the silence really is just, it's, it's, it's a spiritual battle. Yeah, and again, even as we have righteous judgment and unrighteous judgment, yes. again, unrighteous judgment is when you're judging someone based on your own opinions. Righteous judgment is when it's based on God's word yes. um, and and the fruit involved, and that's important. Every every not only every pastor but every Christian has to have a level of discernment. If you can't judge enough to tell whether yeah. somebody has that relationship with Christ, you're not going to share the gospel right. with them. But the same thing bleeds over into what you just said. And that is righteous anger and unrighteous anger, and and anger is not sin unrighteous anger is that's when we're angry for ourselves. the anger that i feel is not an anger for me like i'm mad he did something wrong to me it's an anger for god's sake yes. that is this is what god said is going to happen this is god's nation he's called and he's blessed and this is what god said how we're to treat them and you're ignoring god so it is a righteous anger uh let me ask you something uh because i know that you're following all of the news closely and it's not in our stack but this is something that i expected the new administration to do uh, obviously, they've addressed the Golan Heights issue, right? Right, that they're not going to recognize that as Israeli territory, right? Has this ad- new administration said anything with regard to uh, the embassy, the U.S. embassy yeah. in uh, Jerusalem, and yeah. you know, recognizing Jerusalem as the capital versus Tel Aviv? Yeah, they have, um, and I think that was more something that was forced. And I'll give you the caveat they added to it. They are going to leave it there. I think they realize it would cause too much turmoil to move it again right after it was just moved there. It'd be, it'd be worse taking it out now than it would how it would look optically, and they're very concerned about the optics. Right. But they're going to make it more than just the U.S. Embassy to Israel. They're going to eventually make it the U.S. Embassy to Israel and the Palestinians and, and all this kind of stuff. They, they did that initially or wanted to do that initially, but they backed away because, again, they caught a lot of flack right off the bat, and they realized we better move slow. So they're going to do that, and that's going to happen. Uh, but, yeah, at this point, they're leaving it there. But, you know, there's a lot of things happening. Greg, um, and 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 I want to you know at some point in the show talk a little bit about what this is happening with this administration in the Middle East, and maybe this is the well, moment why to do why that. You, why don't you do that? Yeah, because here's what's happening: we have to realize the decisions that are being made here affect the entire world, and none none greater than in the Middle East. Um, already, with what's going on, the Middle Eastern countries realize we have a weak president. And why do I say that? Why do they see him as weak? 
you can tell by what they're doing. The moment he got into office, Iran started ramping up their nuclear program again. Um, And what's interesting, Greg, about Iran is that most people, at least in the Western mindset, if I were to come to you and I'd say, I'm going to help you do something, I'm going to be nice to you and help you get your agenda, then you would like me, you'd go along with me, and you'd go, this is great. But if I threatened you, you would say, what a, what a you know, jerk that guy is, how, how horrible he is or whatever. Iran is the opposite. The way Iran acts and, and, and the nations, some of the nations in the Middle East, if you go and say, I'm going to be your friend, they mock you and, take, and they realize you're weak and I'm going to stomp you down. Whereas if you threaten them and say, you move, I'll blow you off the face of the earth, suddenly they back off and they respect you. See, President Trump was, you better do nothing wrong or we'll take military action. And they, they behaved themselves the last four years. The moment President Biden got in, they immediately started rebuilding their nuclear program. President Biden called them and said, look, we're going to let you restart your program. We're going to work with you. And what you know what they did? Right after he made that announcement to them, Greg, they came out and started mocking America in their papers and the headlines. They said America's now weak. America's going down. America's defeated. We're moving forward. So look what happened. We said we're going to help you. And they got, okay, then we're going to, they're like the bully in the playground. You're not going to help me. I'm going to, if I can stomp you to the ground, I will stomp you to the ground. Be as nice as you want. I'm getting your lunch money. I don't care. You can say, I'm going to nicely give you my lunch money. I'm still stomping you in there. I'll stomp you in the ground more because tomorrow I want your cupcake. And so that's what's going to happen. Whereas it's almost like our leadership now doesn't understand the mindset of the Middle East. They don't get it. The only way the Muslim community responds, the Arab community in the Middle East, Greg, is by strength. That's how you gain respect. You say, don't move or I'll knock your head off, in a sense. And otherwise, okay, you're not going to knock my head off? We're moving forward. And they're pushing forward aggressively. Russia is pushing forward aggressively. There, there are things happening behind the scenes for those that want to go do the homework. And they're, as they look around the news of the world, everybody's moving forward rapidly right now. North Korea is starting to retest again because they realize we have a weak president. So this thing is going to get out of control really, really fast. China's rep, One of China's top representatives said just in the last couple of days, since President Trump has been gone, um, the stable the stabilization force between America and China has been removed, and, and it concerns them. In other words, here's what he said. We don't necessarily love America and everything they're doing, and we want our agenda. But with President Trump in place, we knew that we couldn't just do what we wanted. And everybody had kind of a stabilization factor of, all right, just hold the fort, and we'll work politically, and we'll get our way through other ways. He said the problem now is, is you've got all these warships from China and, and America in the oceans battling over really what portion of the American or, or, or what portion of the oceans belong to China or not China, which is international waters. And what he's saying is it is more destabilized than ever. He said I'm he was basically saying in a, in a, in a, in a, a soft way, I think we're in a, a greater position for war by accident here. When President Trump was in position, we didn't dare try anything. He said, now we don't really care that much because we don't think that anybody will do anything back. So it's created this environment that if the wrong thing happens, Greg, and this is where it talks about in the last days, wars and rumors of war. This may be what's going to lead into more wars and rumors of war, because without a strong leader holding the world at bay, yeah. I mean, it could just like, overnight like that. Well, I thought the, the, the biggest war of all would be the fulfillment of Ezekiel 38 and 39. Well, it'll culminate in that. Yeah. yeah no, you're right. I, I mean, when, when the way you just painted the picture of Iran and really just culturally how they respond to force or lack thereof yeah. in the Middle East, yeah. 
this to me has is a blank check that's been issued for Iran and Russia to assemble their uh, prophetic brethren yeah. that's listed in Scripture yeah. uh, to, to, to mount forces and come in to take Israel. Now, when will that happen? We don't know. We know it will, and clearly all the pieces have been uh, being assembled even during uh, President Trump's yeah. uh, administration. This, yeah. I mean, this has been going on even before he took office yeah. and has continued. Yeah. But the but what you just talked about that stabilizing force yeah. and and I'm not I'm not likening you know I'm not saying that pa- that President Trump is is the Holy Spirit but in type where the Holy Spirit is a restrainer the Bible says right. and will restrain until he who restrains no more is removed and then you know we have that that full blown lawlessness and all the other prophetic events happening having. President Trump moved out from a political and military military standpoint in being a stabilizing force. What's there? What is really there to stop Russia and Iran at this point? Because their infrastructure, their agreements, their alliances, their logistics are already in place. They're yeah. proven in place in terms of the seaport there in uh, in in Syria, or in and also you can even count Lebanon in that as well. Uh, to, to bring everything in that they need yeah. to come in and make an invasion. Now, what's yeah. going to be the final trigger to that? We don't know, but wow, this well, is a dangerous phase, but a fulfilling phase, I think, prophetically. Well, it is. And again, I think that, um, you know, one of the things that's really been um, in, in, in my heart since the election was, you know, Greg, the church, the, the true church did not neglect to cry out to God. The true church did not make efforts for God to intervene in this election. It wasn't like... You say, well, the church was asleep. I think a big portion of the people that say they're the church were were maybe not um, as active in praying and seeking God as much as they should have for this. Yeah. But you had these giant prayer rallies by Franklin Graham in oh, Washington, yeah. D.C. I would say more so than, than when the first election for President Trump. Yeah. You had other groups praying for 30 days at a time. I mean, you had these long fasts going on, groups that were praying. And and then you saw President Biden win the election now let me let me back up and say listen we're not talking about god being a republican or a democrat for those that may be tuning in and don't know my heart yet what i'm saying is the policies of the two men are the key it's not about president trump it's not about president biden it's the policies that i'm talking about from a christian perspective one is in supportive of the things of god that was president trump you may not like him as a man but his policies were supportive of the things of God. One was non-supportive of the things of God, and that is President Biden. He's very pro-abortion, pro, uh, very anti-God, very anti-Israel. And, um, and so you have a real, it was very clear. So when I saw the effort that I believe the true church made in seeking God, crying out for mercy, and, and really even maybe some things that weren't exactly um, above board in the way the election turned out, and President Biden was still the president, I see the hand of God. And this is where our listeners have to recognize God put President Biden in there. We've got to accept that this is sovereign because we cried out to God with all of our heart. God allowed this. And I go, so you might be asking, why would God allow it? Here's why he fits the end time scenario better. I believe God is going to use this administration to advance the preparation for the world for the Antichrist in, a, in numerous ways. And one is, for example, now there's so much unrest in the Middle East because of the changeover in power. And Greg there's not going to be anybody to take action against Iran, not if they act out, when, when they act yeah. out. Now, here's what's going to happen. Israel will have no choice. So when Israel has to go it alone to attack a nuclear site or do whatever they have to do, 
you have to understand the mindset of the religious radical. And they're not all relig- religious radicals over there. I'm not saying that in Iran or other places, but there's a, their leadership is. And you've got to remember, in the mindset of a religious radical, whether you think you can win or not, you're willing to die for it, i.e. David Koresh. What the government didn't understand when they attacked that compound in Waco, Texas, was you can attack that compound, but they're all going to go down dying. They're going to go down shooting guns and, and because they really believe this deception they're in, and they're willing to die for it. You can't go in and storm them and win it that way. There's going to have to be some other avenue, negotiation time. And, again, hopefully a hard lesson was learned, but I, I suspect the lesson wasn't learned. But I think a reality was visualized. Now, Greg, Iran is, is Waco. Iran is David Koresh. They, number one, they win by dying because they believe if they die in the cause of Allah, then they get the 70 virgins in heaven and they get all these rewards and all that. But in addition, they're willing to die for it because of the political, uh, religious fervor. So here's my point. With President Biden in, not taking action when they, do, when they act out, which he won't, Israel's going to have to take action. And when Israel takes action, again, like you said, we don't know what's going to be the trigger. But... If they strike Iran and they know America's not going to stop us, and guess what? President Biden just stopped the sale of all those F-35s to Saudi Arabia that President Trump agreed to. He, he totally canceled the agreement. $500 billion agreement to buy planes. That's half a trillion dollars that we're not going to get now. That was going to go to protect Saudi Arabia for an invasion of Iran coming down toward Israel. Now, the defenses of Saudi Arabia to stop Iran from coming down to Israel, President Biden just put the nicks on. He stopped it. So when they do attack, Saudi Arabia can't stop them. That's why it says in Ezekiel 38 and 39, why are you doing this? And, and they're not taking action. They're just saying, why are you doing this? Because they can't stop them. America won't stop them. And if, if something causes them to be pushed over the edge to attack Israel, Greg, this could be exactly the very thing that sets up Ezekiel 38 and 39. Let's take this one step further and let's visit um, history of World War II for a moment to set the stage. And that is a lot of the power that Adolf Hitler was able to gain to carry out his agenda started legislatively. Absolutely. When you have a U.S. administration that is really more now in line with the thinking and the fervor of the United Nations. Yeah. That would be considered the world's legislature. Yeah, that's right. It would be nothing at this point for people to bring before the U.N. resolutions, decrees, whatever, as they have in the past, but yet the U.S. and a few other people have vetoed from them going forward. I could see the U.S. at least, and this was during the Obama years, abstaining from voting at the very least, maybe not voting against or for something that would hurt Israel, but just not casting any vote, which is essentially casting a vote. Right. So I could see that potentially, and this is just my thinking, the Bible doesn't talk about this, but in terms of like the search warrant, so to speak, or or back in the back in the uh, Western times in rural America when the the frontier was being created, a death warrant. Yeah. If if the marshal had a death warrant for someone, they could hang someone right there in the town right. that they found the person. Right. So essentially, the UN could issue a death warrant or a search warrant, and uh, Iran in Russia and all of their prophetic partners could take that UN resolution in their hands and say, "Hey, we're here because the world is saying 
we can come right. in. Right. Nobody's going to stop. Them. No one's going to stop them because you're in violation of you and whatever, because you're invading this territory or you're occupying this territory. I think it's really going to be based on that. Well, one of the things anyway. we've seen. No, but again, and Greg, that goes right in line with what we see again, President Biden doing with all these executive orders. I think he's in the 50s or 60s now. On him. I'm not sure. Maybe in the 60s. He was in the 40s. And I, th- I saw another huge stack on his desk. I think last Tuesday that he was signing. And what he's doing is it's really more like a king than it is a president, because what's happening is executive orders have to be there. Presidents have always used them. But this is over the top. Nobody's ever done this. And what's happening is it's bypassing the American people. Not even the Obama administration, I believe. Correct. No, nobody's ever done it like this. It's bypassing the American people. It's bypassing the representatives in Congress and Senate that the American people sent there. And he's just saying, I'm going to make these changes. But note this. This is key. Now, we talk about how the world's getting ready and being prepped and prepared. This is a picture of what the Antichrist will do. He will yes, rule by he fiat. Will. He will rule by dictatorship. And uh, the President Biden is not the Antichrist. So please don't anybody say that I said that. I'm not suggesting that. Um, but I'm saying this is setting the stage for that kind of... These are all precursors. Yes, or that kind of, of situation. And what's happening is, again, right now, you know, they're using the uh, the COVID situation for all these, you know, lockdowns, shutdowns, masks, or whatever. Nothing has been done yet, but there is serious discussion from the president that you can find in mainstream media if you go and look serious discussion about doing what they're calling climate control lockdowns where they're saying hey this worked really good everybody was willing to shut down and put the mask on and stay home and do what we asked them to when this first thing happened now we need to save the planet so maybe we could do a, a, a lockdown, a national lockdown, for example on cars or different things for a limited amount of time and or whatever to some degree just to save the planet and do all this. They haven't done it. I'm not saying they will do it. And and like you said earlier, I think there'd be a great uprising if they did. But here's the point. That's the mindset. The mindset is, look, we're getting away with all these just edicts. We're getting away with these, I can just, whatever I want, like a king. I'm just boom, 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 boom. So why stop now? It's almost like, you know, I hate to use a term that doesn't have any effect anymore because it's been used so much, but I can't think of a better term on this one, drunk with power. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a better term. It's almost like I found all this power it's at the end of my pen with this ink, and if I can make all this happen and everybody obeys, or most people, then why don't we save the world that way and do the same thing within America on, like, cars and you name it? Yeah. It reminds me of the old saying, uh, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yeah. Well, absolute, yeah, absolute power corrupts. Well, power corrupts. And absolute, absolute power, power corrupts, corrupts absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, there yeah. You, no, you had it. I just – Yeah. You had fine. to finish it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, you know – but. But see, Greg, here's the scary thing is, is that who's going to stop that from happening? There's no power to stop that from happening right now. So I think we're going to experience this in greater measure over the next couple of years. And if you think this is fearful, you wait until the Antichrist takes over because it will be everyone has to obey regardless. You have no choice whatsoever. And, um, and, and again, it's going to go to the mark. Everyone by edict will be forced to take the mark and will control the entire world. So we are really, I know we've used that word a lot. I don't want to wear it out. We're being prepped. This is prep school for the Antichrist. And this is, you know, you're, you're right now. Prepping the world. You're right now in, 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 you know, Antichrist college uh, in, in worldwide. <laughs> and we're being prepped. And um, so, again, a lot of things happening. Don't, I want to keep our listeners be watching these um, these executive orders because everybody's watching the impeachment, impeachment stuff. He's signing stuff, Greg, just, I mean, boom, 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 boom. And I think half of it, it's almost like, I wonder if he even knows that he signed it. Um, and, and there's a lot of, um, again, LGBT stuff that he's signing. There was something recently that a lot of things that is believers that are going to come back to affect us and what we believe and how we live and can even bring consequences on us. So just be aware of it. Um, 
But with all that said, the good news again is, remember, things aren't falling apart. Things are falling into place. Yeah. And that the Lord told us it would happen, and he's got everything right where it needs to be. This is a time for believers to rejoice. Uh, we happen to be the generation that are here for such a time as this. You know, we talked right before the show began. What an honor it is to have this platform, to be able to, to share the Word of God, to share prophecy with the world around us, literally through streaming. Um in the days in which we live. It's an honor. It's a privilege. So we need to be excited about the Lord's return and what's going to happen because he's coming to take over very soon. We just have to endure all this mess until he does. Well, you know, uh, the Bible says that the gates of hell will not prevail against his church, meaning this church. So, uh, you know, Sennacherib can write all the letters that he wants, so to speak. Uh, We'll just lay it out before the altar of the Lord. That's right. Uh, But also, too, that... In this time, it's it's all, and I think you've noticed this as well, Pastor Mark. It's a purifying time. Absolutely, it's a time to uh, for for I think the Lord, in a certain respect, to ready His bride. Uh, you know, maybe we could start the show with just a few minutes of that, Greg, on the second half, because sure. I'd like to talk a little bit about that. And I don't want to take all our time for the articles, but I'd like to hit on that just a moment now that you bring that up. I think that's been on my heart all day today, and that oh. may be a confirmation. I'm supposed to share a little something on it. Well, we always say that the Holy Spirit is the producer yes, he of is. our program, yes, he is. so we trust him in all that, and we will talk about that in the second half, including some articles like this one where a professor says that creationism bears all the hallmarks of a quote-unquote conspiracy theory. So God, I guess in his word as a conspiracist, will dive into that in other articles as Signs of the Times continues right here on WIAM. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. WIAMLP. 101.1 FM, Knoxville. It's Crazy Money Day. Hey, I'm Chuck Bentley with my Money Live from Crown. Millions of people send roses to express their love on Valentine's Day. Hundreds of millions of them are produced annually in anticipation of the holiday. Several years ago, Kanye West reportedly gave his wife Kim Kardashian a thousand roses. I wonder if she was impressed. I know it would not impress my wife. In fact, it would probably make her upset if I overspent. Valentine's Day can be expensive. Total Valentine's spending in 2021 is expected to exceed $25 billion. As people who desire to steward well, yet show our love, we can find budget-friendly, creative alternatives to honor those we hold dear. Here's my advice for not breaking your budget, yet honoring your loved one. First of all, put your phones and computers away and give your full attention to one another. Try cooking a meal together. Support a local coffee shop. Plan a walk, a hike, or a bike ride followed by a picnic. Make some popcorn and watch a good movie. Play a board game. When our children were young, Anne would give them little gifts that spoke of the greatest love. New Bibles, scripture bookmarks, and homemade heart cookies were sweet reminders of God's love. One couple we knew kept a Valentine card and returned it to one another each year with a new sentiment added. Now that's frugal and thoughtful. The bottom line is to be intentional in the gifts you choose, not indulgent and lavish. Maybe the most loving thing you can do this year is to stay on a budget. A little planning and prayer will allow you to do just that. Now, bills can be depressing. If you're struggling with credit card debt, I recommend Christian Credit Counselors. They can create a debt management plan just for you. For more information, call the Crown Helpline at 800-722-1976 or visit online at crown.org slash ccc.
A Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor. Now, there are often things in my life, and I'm sure in yours, that I don't like because they stink, and I don't want them in my life. And yet, because I face these things, and I have a relationship with God, even though I don't like the situation, I can love the God who allowed it. And I can rejoice in God, counting it all joy, that my God is going to use, yes, even this in my life for His purposes. I can rejoice in the Lord because I know Him, and He knows me. I love Him, and He loves me. He's promised to never leave me or forsake me. He's promised to take care of me and to take care of my every need. You can learn more at edtaylor.org. Grow deeper in your love relationship with Jesus by visiting edtaylor.org. This has been a Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor. Signs of the Times now continues. Here again is your host. Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of our weekly look at Bible prophecy in the world's news. These are the signs of the times for Friday, February 12th, 2021. I'm Greg Hilt, your host, along with Pastor Mark Kirk. On the other side of the glass, um, uh, thoroughly, we've thoroughly deprived Pastor Mark of his snacks that somebody from our body had made for us. Um, that was inspired by some uh, talk that uh, Pastor Mark talked about the foods in Israel. And so somebody made an Israeli uh, candy treat, uh, brought it in for him. Out of tahini. Uh, a tahini, yeah, out of tahini. But I just ate a tahini piece. Yes, a tahini piece, yes. Oh, stand by for that. It, that deserves Sorry. a rim shot. All right. But anyway, uh, but it's in, in the view of the camera, so we, we took that out. <laughs> yeah. We didn't want to make you hungry. Yes. Okay, before we get to articles, uh, we were talking about just things happening in, in our country, things that are happening, what this administration is doing in terms of... Um, uh, the executive orders, it kind of reminds me, even though executive orders are legal in a sense, in a larger sense, they're lawless because they're not going through the, the, the government process. I think it, regardless of who's doing the executive order, it doesn't matter what administration. I know there's times and purposes, but the larger picture, what's going on in the world is the mystery of lawlessness is being revealed. It's right. abounding, the Bible says, what happened in the latter days, all right. of those things. But in the midst of all of this you could say world chaos or the world thinking it's doing the right thing right um is the opportunity for god to purify his church right right and i want to just say again because i know you said it greg but i want to clarify we we, we know that some executive orders are legal they are and they're legal. There. yeah absolutely yeah, it's just if they're abused, abused so that's what's yes, bad exactly but yeah i do just for real brief and i want to get to the article so i won't go long on this but again i want to encourage our listeners and watchers um, you know, I do believe this is a purifying time for the church. I think God is using COVID-19. I'm not saying it was sent for that reason or that God even sent it, so to speak. He could have allowed it. He could have. We don't know all the reasons that it's here. It could have sent it. But the reality is, is that um, it's it's causing the church and those within the church to make a stand one way or the other. And not when I say make a stand, I'm talking about not make a stand whether you wear a mask or don't wear a mask or this or that, even whether you go to church or don't go to church. I'm not talking about that. I think what it's doing is it's forcing us to decide what is more important, the physical and temporary or the eternal and spiritual. And the Bible says judgment begins at the house of God, which means God's going to work in us first. And so 
I, what I mean by that is the Bible says if you're going to find your life, you have to lose it, which means you have to be willing to die to yourself. And quite literally, as a believer, we should be willing to die for the cause of Christ. Now, that doesn't mean be foolish and jump in front of a car or inject yourself with COVID-19. I'm not saying that. I'm saying when you have a situation that has now gone on for a year and the new administration just announced it's going to go on at least for another year, they're saying they think we should all, they're going to keep maybe things in place, maybe even orders in place till next Thanksgiving for mask wearing or whatever. We'll see. When you begin to realize if the church goes this long without gathering, people are going to begin to die spiritually on the vine. I'm not talking about loss of salvation. I'm talking about losing your fervor and relationship to God. And at some point we have to decide which death is worse. The possible death of COVID-19 or the possible death of spiritual death by lethargy um, and say, all right, it's time to get involved again. And I would encourage those out there that are watching from home and listening from home. I know there are special cases. You've got cancer. You've got leukemia, which is another form of cancer, or you've got um, diabetic. Your diabetes is really bad. I get it. There's some people that should just stay away all the time or you're just going to, you know, no matter what you get, you could be in danger of dying. But in general. I think that God is purifying the church in this way, Greg. Where where is your true um, heart? Are you are you willing to lay everything down for me? Are you going to put the physical and the temporary top of your list? Whatever it takes to stay alive, physical temporary. That's it. That's my goal in life. Physical temporary, or the spiritual, saying you know what? There may be a risk out there, but I need I need God's people, and I did, I need to be seeking God. I need to hear the word of God. I need to be taught. And I think the church is being forced to one side or the other. And you're seeing a little bit of a division there among people. I'm not talking about uh, anybody being obnoxious or ignoring reality or, or using wisdom. I'm just talking about what is more important to you. Would you rather stay healthy and alive and die spiritually? Or would you rather be healthy and alive spiritually and take a chance on dying physically. And let me say one other thing about this, because there's a balance. You say, why do I have to choose either one? I think there's a balance, and you've got to determine that with you and God. But I hear people saying, yes, but churches shouldn't be meeting, and other this kind of thing shouldn't be happening because about those that may die. All right, let, let me give you a scenario. If we all go into hiding now, until this goes away, and now they keep extending it, now another year. Is it going to be another year after that? We don't know. If we all go into hiding, and let's say that we do that, and somehow that worked, Nobody else got COVID-19. Everybody stayed healthy. Everything worked. And all those people that are not now able to go to church, all those people that are not now able to hear the gospel, I know they're streaming it online, but that's dying away. People don't really get involved in that. How many souls are going to be lost? How many opportunities are going to be lost? And so what we do is let's say we save a chunk of people over here that don't get the virus because we all hide in our homes with masks on, right? And then they're all healthy and they go to hell. So we send a bunch of healthy people who didn't get COVID to hell. Or we say, you know what? We need to reach people with the gospel and people need to be hearing the word of God taught in their churches. And, and, and there may be some that go on to be with the Lord early because of that. I, I'm not saying I want that to happen. I mean, the fact that we drive to church, some could go on early, especially on Elko Highway. <laughs> the bottom line is, where is our priority? Is our priority on God and on the spiritual things and seeking God and looking toward the eternal future, or is it solely focused on the temporary? And th- though our efforts, maybe if we if you rescued so many people that didn't get COVID and they don't go to heaven, what have we done? What have we done? We've sent healthy people to eternal destiny from God, whereas if we could have brought them into the churches 
even if some died in the process but heard the gospel, gave their life to Christ, they're in heaven now eternally. And this may sound like a maybe a little bit of a harsh statement in some ways to some people. I'm not suggesting we just you know, we want everybody people just to get COVID and take chances and don't be wise. They'd be like you know drive a car without a seatbelt. No, keep the seatbelt on. Take your precautions. Use wisdom. But you can make up your mind, do I never want to go anywhere again? If you never want to go anywhere again, don't drive in a car, and you'll never have a chance of being in a car wreck. And if you never want an opportunity to share the gospel with those around you that you love, then never take them to church and let them stay home with a mask on and hiding because they're not going to hear the gospel. But what if they die before COVID's done and they don't get a chance to hear the gospel and don't get into heaven? So I guess let me sum it up by saying this, and I'll probably be misunderstood by some that are listening. I want everyone to live. But I want, more importantly, everyone to get into heaven. And if everybody stays away from church and people that don't know Christ don't just don't ever come to church and don't get involved because we're all blocked away for years with this virus, how much more damage is done eternally yeah. than what could be done temporarily? And statistically, uh, I think it's been proven that the cure is worse than the disease. Yeah. Well, and this is interesting, Greg. One last thing. We'll get on to the announcements. I'm um, announcements. Articles. Um, I... From from everything I'm finding, and in the most recent article I have, people talk science, right? Right. The science is saying the places that mask up the most have the highest death rates. Let me say that again. The places that mask up the most have the highest death rates, which means this, because people will accuse the Christian. If you're not wearing a mask and you're not social distancing and all this and you don't love people, I, I would argue and say, if you look at the science, if you're wearing a mask... That's not loving people in, in one way because, and I realize this goes right against all the conventional teaching of what's out there right now. I realize that. I'm out on a limb in many people's mind. But the bottom line is, if the science is showing that the more people mask up, the more people die, and I've got an article on my desk that's not that long back that showed studies they've done here over the last few months, if that's the case, then what is loving someone greater? Giving them an environment where they have less chance of dying or more chance of dying, and it would appear that wearing masks increases the chance of dying. So apart from that issue, I would just say to the believers out there and those watching and listening, don't forsake the assembling together of believers, especially as you see the day approaching. You may have to take a step of faith. I realize if you're in a high risk area, use wisdom. I'm not saying don't use wisdom. I'm not saying don't be wise. But I think we may be getting played here by the enemy when we're looking at the temporary and the eternal and we have to make some decisions. Where are we going to stand? And I do believe that's where some of the refining of the church is coming in. Okay, Pastor Mark, we've got a lot of articles to get to in the short time we've got left, so let's hit it. This is ChristianHeadlines.com reporting that a professor says creationism bears all the hallmarks of a conspiracy theory. Amazing. The fact-checking website, Snopes, which, by the way, has been debunked. Snopes is not yeah, a fact-checking website. it's web- not. A, it's, it's an ridiculous. agenda. It's an agenda website. Agenda-driven website. But again, it's founded notice, by George Soros, by yep, the way. Yep, and again, they say that Christianity is a conspiracy theory. Uh, according to Faithwire, the article was authored by Paul Broderman, a professor emeritus at, in chemistry. Uh, at the University of Glasgow, of course, he's a professor of chemistry. He would know a lot about the Bible, who describes himself as a skeptic and anti-creationist. He cited a 2019 Gallup poll, which shows that 40 percent of Americans hold to a creationist view in which they affirm that God created the first humans, Adam and Eve, with roughly in roughly the past 10,000 years. He says such beliefs derive from the doctrine of biblical infallibility, long accepted as an integral to the faith of numerous evangelical Baptist churches throughout the world. But I would argue that the present day creationist movement is a full fledged conspiracy theory. And I could read all this, but rather, let's just say this. Here's the bottom line. (laughs) 
if if creationism is a conspiracy theory, then God is a conspiracy theorist, Greg, as you said, because yes. God is the one that said he created. He said he did it in seven days. He's done six days, really, seventh day, he rested. So we simply, as believers, believe the word of God. Amen. Yep. All right. Um, this is our... Uh segment that we call pestilence plagues disasters and corruption it's a our bucket of yuck yes uh that we lump things into and uh, this article is heavy on the corruption uh this is from the washington examiner.com dated february 3rd a bill uh in uh, the state of illinois uh, it looks like it's going to be filed with the illinois legislature requiring sex education to begin with kindergarten how corrupt can we become you wonder how corrupt can mankind be and the lord said in the last days it'll be like the days of noah how corrupt it is to get sexual education to our little children but greg there's a bigger agenda here again it says students as young as kindergarten in illinois public schools would get some form of sexual education under a proposal supported by planned parenthood the pro-family alliance said it goes too far and planned parenthood disagrees of course they do because they want to kill children if passed into law the responsible education for adolescent and children's health or reach act would start sex ed in kindergarten through the second grade with lessons on personal safety and respecting others again there's going to be a lot more in it than that i Mm -hmm. guarantee you that's the nice way they say it listen to this grades three through five would cover anatomy sexual orientation and here it is here's the real agenda gender identity and gender expression they're taking our kids and trying to confuse them they they tell them they can change their gender they can be whatever they want they're like mr potato there's an unbelievable amount of genders they list that are out there now but god says there's only two genders male and female that's it there's only two and you've got all this myriad of all these others you know that claim they have all these genders um again very, very sad. And of course, uh, Planned Parenthood is going to be involved in this because uh, they are going to they're promoting abortion and the killing of our children and our babies. And so this doesn't surprise me, but it still at the same time shocks me. And I never want to lose that sense of shock and how corrupt man can be. They want to corrupt our children, Greg, at the earliest of ages. And there's again, who's there to stop them? I mean, it, it, the Lord's going to have to come back and set this thing straight. Absolutely. All right, let's get into some church news, Pastor Mark. Signs of the Times rolls on. Uh, This is from ChristianHeadlines.com. Pushing propaganda to the pulpit. Uh, The country of Denmark uh, wants to force churches to submit their sermons to the government. Yeah, this is something. We've heard about this before in other places. And, and Greg, this is really a a, a backdoor to really getting toward the church in general because they're they're starting here with uh, the Muslim church, and they're saying that it has to do with radical... Um, uh, terrorism type stuff, but notice what this says. The European nation of Denmark is reportedly proposing a new law with their prime minister's backing that would force pastors to translate and submit all sermons to the state. Now, in one way, that's great. They need to hear the gospel, but they wouldn't be reading it to hear the gospel. They'd be reading it to stop the church. Yes. Although the Danish government claims the legislation in, is intended to counteract Islamic extremists, it is Christians who are speaking out about the proposed law and how blatantly it violates the religious liberty of churches. There's a growing concern that the law, and this is going to happen, will quickly spread through the other European nations in a time of persecution and suppression of religious freedom. In a democratic society, I would hope the government would strive for better cooperation with religious organizations than hastily reporting to legislation interfering with their freedoms, a pastor wrote in a letter to the prime minister. This is the first, which is why it is so important we find a way to address and encourage the Danish government to find another solution. Because my real concern is that if the Danes do it, other countries may copy, which they would. That would be a very worrying development indeed. 
a wide sense of concern about the, this spreading to Europe. Again, he, the comment at the end of the article, to those that understand the actions of Nazi control over Germany, this should sound very familiar. German churches under Nazi rule had two options. They could espouse and hang Nazi propaganda from their pulpits mm-hmm. or speak biblical truth contrary to the totalitarian government and face imprisonment, concentration camps, or death. So the bottom line is being forced into something, Greg. This is this is not going to end well. And I can see if that happens, spreading everywhere else, it become, if it becomes accepted. I, I look at this prophetically pastor mark and not so much about the suppression of the existing religions but beginning to build a framework for a one world religion yeah because because of all the the one world trifecta that we continue to talk about a one world government a one world economy with its a one world currency and a one world religion right those are the three main things right there yeah uh which is i think it's kind of interesting it's an unholy trinity so to speak but the one thing that we've we really haven't seen come to full bloom like we have the others is the one world religion yes catholic pope francis has issued things and said things that kind of is trying to bring the world together right on a, on a table of religion but this from a legislative standpoint would really begin that formation so i'm looking at it more like this is getting ready to establish the framework that if you want to be religious if you want to have a religious service it's going to be based on these things not so much telling you to shut up about those things. Well, you're exact. No, you're exactly right. And I'll tell you why. Um, the Bible says it's going to be a revived Roman Empire. A lot of people don't realize this, Greg, but here's how the one world religion worked at the beginning of the Roman Empire. And it slowly changed. But here's what happened. They used to make everyone pinch incense. Those of you who yeah. don't know, here's what they would do. You'd have to go to a, an official government building. You would pinch an incense, which is what they would do to gods or whatever, put it on the altar and and you'd. Uh, pledge your allegiance, if you will, to Caesar, and they'd give you this piece of paper that says you've pinched the incense, now the government will leave you alone. You had to do that every year, just kind of re-up and go do that, right? Of course, the Christians wouldn't do that, so they got in big trouble, persecuted, hurt, thrown in jail, all kinds of things. But here's the key I want you to grab. It began as simply allegiance to um, the government. In other words, showing that you were going to go in line and be alleged to the government. It wasn't necessarily a religious thing. It wasn't we really believe that Caesar is God at first. It was just we're going to here's we're going to be we're going to be good citizens of Rome. So you'd show up. I'm a good citizen of Rome. You got your piece of paper. Then once the people submitted to the government, suddenly the Caesar started saying, guess what? We're, you're not only submitting to us because we're the government control. We're gods. And now you'll pinch the incense to the government and to us as a god. And really Nero was the first one to begin to that, that yeah. where he pushed it saying, I'm a god. And then they then it went back and forth, the different ones doing it, not doing it after that. But again, interesting, a lot of uh, us pinching the incense to the government now in the sense of, again, whatever they ask us to do, just pinch the pinch the incense. And at some point, the Antichrist is going to stand up and say, no, you don't just have to pinch the incense, so to speak. I'm God. You bow down to the government, but you bow down to me as God. It's yeah. going the same pattern. The first Roman Empire, the revived Roman Empire. Mm. 
All right, Pastor Mark, New York Times, uh, dated February 11th, has an article here. Christian prophets are on the rise, but what happens when they're wrong? Yeah, this is so important right now. I know we're going to camp here for a moment, but there are stars within one of the fastest growing corners of the American Christianity, the article says. Again, this is not written by a believer, so bear with me. Jeremiah Johnson, a 33-year-old self-described prophet, was one of the few evangelical Christians who took Donald Trump's political future seriously in 2015, this track record created a loyal audience, because he was right, of hundreds of thousands of people who follow him on social media and hang on his predictions about such topics as coronavirus, the makeup of the Supreme Court, and possibly the spiritual revival of America. And they took comfort ahead of the presidential election last fall when Mr. Johnson shared a prophetic dream of Mr. Trump stumbling while running a Boston marathon and two frail older women emerged from the crowd to help him over the finish line. So when Joe Biden was certified as the winner of the election, Mr. Johnson had to admit that he had failed. And I quote, I was wrong. I am deeply sorry, and I ask your forgiveness, he said in a detailed letter he posted online. I would like to repent for inaccuracy, inaccurately rather, prophesying that Donald Trump would win the second term as president. In my lifetime, 49 years of a follower of Jesus, I've never seen this level of interest in prophecy, said Michael Brown, an evangelical radio host, uh, which again, uh, it's unfortunate when you have these kind of people doing this because it's an embarrassment to the movement. Let me just say this. Here's the bottom line. Would you have people out there making prophecies and they're not hearing from God, like this Jeremiah Johnson? Then it gives all Christianity a bad name. It gives prophecy shows like we're doing a bad name. No one should ever say, thus saith the Lord, unless you know God has spoken. You can say, I think President Trump's going to win, or I think President Biden's going to win. There's nothing wrong in sharing your opinion. But when you say, God showed me, or I had a dream, and it doesn't come to pass... Number one, it puts a black eye on the church because people lump everybody in the, the world lumps all of us into one big pot. But number two, here's what it does. It reveals you as a false prophet. Deuteronomy 18 says that the true prophets of God are 100 percent accurate, which means that Jeremiah Johnson is not someone now to be followed or listened to. I accept his apology. I accept his repentance. Great. I hope it's legitimate and real. But he's proven himself not to be a prophet of God because prophets of God are 100 percent accurate. Now, I want to say that to our listeners right now. There were a lot of people out there saying, thus saith the Lord, President Trump's going to win. Thus saith the Lord, you know, this kind of thing. Or, or I had a dream, whatever. If you're listening to those guys and you're watching those guys, God has now told you in his word, stop. Stop listening to them. Stop watching them. They're not truly speaking for God because they're they're falsely prophesying. So, again, an opinion is one thing, but stating that God said it is another thing. So be very, very careful with that, and, and I think we need to be aware of that. And, Greg, you know, you put together a list of things for your class that you do, um, articles about are you a prophet and the job requirements. I love how you did it. It's like almost a you know, questionnaire job requirement. You want to cover them? You want me to? No, you go. All right. Again, I want you to read it first because of time. Yeah. But listen to this. Number one, Amos, Amos and Jeremiah say that you have to be called and equipped by God to be a prophet of the Lord. Number two, Numbers 12 says God will give visions and dreams to prophets. So those are legitimate, but they have to be really from the Lord. Yes. Uh, Matthew 7 says, uh, live a life of service to God and others. You'll live that life. That'll be the kind of life that a true prophet would live. So you watch the fruit of their life. We talked about that in the first half. Isaiah 8, everything they proclaim is in line with Scripture. Everything. And lastly, Deuteronomy 18, everything they predict will come to pass. And I would add 100%, although I knew that's what you meant. But it will come to pass completely. Now, let me address this, because I've heard some of these guys out there that have now been exposed as false prophets. They're saying things like, but he did win. 
it was just fraud. He really won. So my prophecy was accurate. And, and he just didn't get to be in office. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, when you say he will be our next president. It doesn't matter by what form It doesn't function. matter how. It means <laughs> yeah. you, what you're saying is he's going to be the next. He'll be sitting in the White House after that election. He's not, and you were shown not to be true. So, again, I'm not trying to pick a fight. I'm trying to educate the body of Christ. There are a lot of false teachers out there. And I would even say, listening to this show, watching this show, don't just believe it because we say it. Go to the Bible and see if it's true. Because if, if it's not in the Bible, pay no attention to it. But especially if somebody says, God told me this was going to happen. I don't know that I've, I may have said that one time in my life, and it did happen. But it was on a personal relationship with my wife, and it was a great thing about him letting me know about my bride and all. That did happen where God gave me a specific prophecy about my wife, and it came to pass. But I don't know that I've ever, as a pastor, said on this show or to the body, God told me this will happen. Mm-hmm. I, I wish I heard that clearly from God. And I tell you what, if God ever does speak that clearly to me, I'm going to have to really reiterate or confirm that it's God before I'd ever say it, because I don't want to put myself in the category of what yeah. I just laid out here. You don't want to be in the category of a false prophet. So guys, use wisdom and guard yourself. Yeah. You know, and I'll just say really quickly, too, you know, I've got to wonder, uh, you know, God has his reasons for things, and it's beyond our finding out, the Bible says. But for all the people that were looking to Donald Trump as a savior of sorts for this country and whatnot, you know, God does not want our eyes on a man. That's right. That's right. He wants our eyes on the God man, Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And and I think that from a, from a spiritual standpoint, you know, God's going to use this in a good way where he might not have been able to to get a hold of people had President Trump been uh, you know, it had another four years in office. I, that's just my opinion. I don't know. Yeah. God only knows that. He knows. He knows. Anyway, uh, how about some good news? Yeah, see some good news. Uh, and good news because of bad times, really. Uh, ChristianHeadlines.com dated February 3rd. Wycliffe Associates produces a record high number of Bible translations in 2020 despite the pandemic. Yeah, the Wycliffe Associates. They've been, again, Wycliffe is famous There's for their Wycliffe, trans- Did I say Wycliffe? Well, it might, it's probably it, Wycliffe. It, it, it's I've probably, said, no, it's I didn't even Wycliffe. notice you said Wycliffe. I just said it by habit because that's how I've always heard it. But, I've heard it both ways. Okay, international organization, <laughs> whoever they are, that translates Bibles in into multiple languages worldwide, again, set a, a new record uh, producing Bible translations. Now, think about this. We talk about, Greg, the detriment to 2020 and COVID-19, everybody having to stay home. Well, here's the positive side. Because they all had to stay in so much, they got twice the work done. And what, <laughs> how God uses everything. Despite the ongoing yes. COVID-19, Tim New, interim president and CEO of Wycliffe Associates, noted that for some national Bible translators, Bible translation has actually accelerated instead of slowing down. And I quote, I've been humbled to see how believers in difficult areas, some places and places of intense persecution and real danger, have been absolutely unwavering in their dedication to the cause of these translations. New said in a statement published by Wycliffe Associates. So, again, this is truly good news, Greg. And that is this. Yes, we've been locked in our houses. We've been locked down and all that kind of stuff. But God uses all of it for his glory. He takes ashes and makes beauty out of it. The ashes are being locked into these homes or offices. They were able to focus in, do more translations than ever which are needed more than ever because the lord is coming back sooner than ever and so again it's just a blessing of the lord to watch it happen and again this is truly good news to see god is on the throne and he's at work even in pandemic days reminds me of the scripture verse pastor mark that god is not slack as some uh, consider slackness but that he's long-suffering that all men come to the knowledge of jesus christ yes so more time to get more translations for more people to be reached with the gospel. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. We love that. Yes. And uh, and again, I would just say, look, as we come to a close today, um, you know, Jesus loves you. If you don't know the Lord, turn your eyes to him and cry to him. He will hear you right now. If you receive him as Lord, he'll, he'll make you born again and give you a place in the kingdom of God. Amen. Nothing more important. That's right. Especially for the times that we live in. Folks, thewaymedia.net is where you can go to get the latest episodes of Signs of the Times. Read our articles. Ask your prophecy questions. You can also download the Way Media app, and you can take Signs of the Times with you, as well as subscribe to the podcast so you can listen to it. Either way, we thank you folks for listening, and we'll see you back here next Friday for more Signs of the Times right here on WIAM. It means you noticed the good that someone did, and you just can't help but feel thankful. Health professionals who worked hard to keep you healthy. Teachers who figured out new ways to teach when old ways were at least temporarily unavailable. Firefighters and police officers that masked up to deal with emergencies that paid no attention to a pandemic. Grocery stores that did so much to make sure you, your family, and neighbors had food to eat. Restaurants who found new ways to safely deliver food when you needed a break. Feel appreciation for big ideas that made difficult days more bearable. For the friends that checked in just to see how you were doing. For church families that haven't forgotten you. You don't have to feel sad for the bad days you've endured. You can appreciate this truth. There's a better day coming. You don't have to wonder if God took a break because he was never caught off guard. Appreciation. Not just a November thing. WIAM 101.1 FM. The Way.